0: If you have your Bibles, I want to talk to you in celebration of five years about five rocks to victory, five rocks to victory. If you have um, your Bible, you can turn in them to 1 Samuel uh, 17, and I'm just going to read the text, and we'll say a prayer, and then I'll try to speak quickly. Now, uh, Dave's church was a Pentecostal church. But his Pentecostal church would have talked about our Pentecostal church. Because as wild as they were, we were a lot wilder. And so I like an amen. I'm more of a teacher, but I like an amen. I I like sass in church. And so, wives, if you're sitting next to your husband, and I met some of y'all at the marriage retreat, so I know you're sassy. Just look at your husband and say, you know, that was for you. Get out, write that down. Because he's talking to you, and husbands not to be outdone. Go ahead and tell your wife. Did you hear that? <laughs> so a little talk back, a little participation. See, Christianity, the kingdom of God, Pentecost is a participation sport. And everything that you get from God, it's not God sitting up there handing it to you on a golden platter. You have to participate. You have to be receptive. You have to be open. you got to work with the Lord. Are you all hearing me today? With your faith, you got to work with Him. And so that's what we're doing here in this. It's not just me talking to you and you politely listening. No, we're working together to bring forth the Word. And the Bible says that the Word of God is capable of saving your soul. Isn't it, isn't it good that we give attention to this partnership today? How many will partner with me and help me preach, help me teach? You will? Amen. Look at somebody say, five rocks to victory. So verse 32 of 1 Samuel 17 says, Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Talking about Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard, struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head, he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So he took them off. He took, he took, then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. Look at somebody say, five rocks to victory. He put them in a shepherd's bag and in a pouch, which he had, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near the Philistine, to the Philistine. So the Philistine came, and he began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you, into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you, and this day I'll give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Father. I ask today as we pray in this holy house, this house of worship, this house of praise this house, of celebration of five years' anniversary. I ask God that you help me say everything that needs to be said for the hearer. Open their ears and their hearts and their minds to receive the seed of the Word of God, which is able to save them. And let that Word manifest great things in their life. And every Goliath that's faced in every heart in every life in this room I pray that today be the day that Goliath falls. Today be the day that Goliath dies. And today be the day that they step forth in a life filled with victory that you have ordained for us to walk in from the foundation of the world. We ask these things in the mighty and the matchless and the precious name of Jesus. And all God's wonderful people will say a big amen 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 look at your neighbor and say five rocks to victory now the reason why I'm talking about rocks is obviously David picked five smooth stones out of the brook and you think well why did he pick five and I you have to look ahead in scripture and understand and and see why certain things are there because because God will confirm his word And if you'll remember in in the New Testament uh, when Peter, when Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, some say uh, uh, Ezekiel. They they thought they was just a prophet. And then he said, who do you say I am? And Peter spoke up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for God... For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. Now, do you see why you need a rock? Because the church is not this building, and it's not even Viridian. The church is you. I say this at my church. You are the only Jesus some will ever see, the only Bible some will ever read, and the only church some will ever go to. You are the church. And the church is built upon A rock. In fact, if you read in some of those parables, it says that the foolish man built his house on the sand, but the wise man built his house upon the rock. rock. You move on ahead into Revelation, it talks about the city of the New Jerusalem, how there are many stones in the foundation. So I'm talking about your foundation today when I talk about five rocks to victory. Five rocks to victory. To victory, I think it's beautifully illustrated in this story. And this is a good time to wave one hand in the air and say, oh, the Lord is going to talk to me today. Mm-hmm. Come on, I need a little bit of talk back. I know some of y'all are not used to doing that, but you're going to help a brother out. I'm a visitor. I'm a guest today. Don't you want your guest to feel at home? Look at somebody's point and say, I know that's right. There you go. We're going, to get y'all, we're going to get y'all chicken fried today. Y'all are going to be baptized afresh. You're just going to be ready for your, for your big feed out there. Amen. So five rocks, five revelations, five truths that you need to get to institute a lifestyle of victory. I'm not talking about starts and stops. I'm not talking about two steps forward, one step back. I'm not talking about the hokey pokey with God. You put your whole self in, then you take your whole self out. Some of y'all are doing that. You're playing hokey pokey. You need to put your whole self in and leave it there. But I'm talking about moving forward in a straight path of trajectory. And this is an individual word to people in particular in this house. But it's also a corporate word to the gathering church at Veridian. Viridian. That God doesn't want you to have a victory tomorrow, then a defeat on Wednesday, then a victory on Friday, then a defeat next Sunday. And guess what? The church of Viridian is all of you here put together. God wants to build line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. He didn't want you to go any lower. He wants to bring you up higher. And some of you, he has to scoop up off the bottom, but he'll take you from the guttermost and place you to the uttermost. He'll take you from chump to champ. Have I got anybody in the room that's a witness and believes that he'll do it? I feel my Red Bull kicking in. No, I didn't even have a Red Bull. My wife's looking at me. So the first rock, the first stone, number one, and I'm going to go quick, is don't let the naysayers stop you. So this whole story, David comes from the field, and he, he sees his brothers who are in the army, and here's nine-foot Goliath taunting the whole army of Israel. And little old David walks up and says, what Y'all going to let him talk to you like that? Just Have you ever seen anybody that's real little but they got a big attitude? We'd call it small man's disease. <laughs> They're this high but their muscles are this big. I, I hope, I, I'm looking around, I, nobody here, nobody here. So David is this little pip squeak, and he comes, and his brothers don't like it. But David has heard that whoever defeats Goliath is going to get entrance into the palace by marrying the king's daughter. So he says, there's something in this for me. So he tells, and gets word to the king, I'll go and fight Goliath. And the first thing he gets told by the king is, you can't do it. You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're only a youth. And here is the rock of revelation. If you let someone tell you you can't and you believe them, then they are right and you can't. But if you'll take every word of doubt and unbelief that's been placed against you, against you, and you say, no, I have a rock, I have a foundation, I have something that I picked up, and I'm not going to let naysayers stop me from what I believe God has called me to do, what God has called me to be. And when you have this feeling, when you have this faith, and you hear something that negates it, something that speaks against it, maybe it's a doctor's prognosis, maybe it's a bill that came in the mail, maybe it's your mother-in-law has moved in and doesn't plan on going anywhere. Whatever it is, something that steps in to negate the wonder and the mystery and the majesty of God on the inside of you, something has to rise up on the inside of you and flat out reject it. And so David wasn't having it. I think this is a good time for you wives to look at your husbands, work your neck a little bit and say, I ain't having it. Only a few of you did it. I think our women in Longview are a little sassier. Good job, Brother Dave. Don't let the naysayers stop you. They don't pay your bills. They don't know the true you. They don't know the times that you spent in, with the Lord and the times that God has spoken to you and put a promise in your heart. They have no revelation of it. And David was not about to let him stop. That's rock number one. Rock number two. The second rock. Everybody say the second rock to victory is remind yourself and everybody else of your past victories. So King says you can't do it. David puts his hand on his hip, his little old self. <laughs> a small man's disease said, "Oh, yes, I can." <laughs> Look at somebody say, "Oh, yes, I can." <laughs> no, yes, I can." I have a little three-year-old grandson. he's three today, and he just picked up something in the, the last few weeks, and I see some gray hairs in the room. So I know I've got how many people have grandkids? Anybody in our? Grand, don't you love them? Aren't they the best? Aren't you glad you had kids now? They were a struggle for a while. But then you get the grandkids and you think, oh, this is so good. But his new thing that he likes to do is say, I sure did. I sure did. I sure did. You say, did you use the potty? I sure did. I love it. So this is little old David. He tells the king, he said, you don't understand. When I was keeping the sheep, and I like the way he said it because he, he, he resigned his job when he went to Killed Goliath. He knew it was over. He said, I used to keep the sheep. Well, he just had come from the sheep field. And the brothers had said, what are you doing? You're being naughty, leaving the sheep. He said, no, that was my old job. And that's what some of you need to do. You need to get something about yourself that says whatever was the past, that's my old job. That's where I used to live. That's how it used to be. But it's not fixing to be this way anymore if i got a good amen in the room. So he said, I used to keep the sheep. And when a lion or a bear came up and took one of my lambs, I love the picture. He says, I went to it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And it sounds like he was willing to let the animal go. If the animal would be willing to part, they could go their ways. But then he says, and then when the animal, when the lion or the bear turned on me, I struck it. I almost see it like, I don't know if it's Dynasty or Falcon Crest, those 50 year old women with their hair all blown out and eyelashes that touch the ceiling, and they're fighting over some man, and one of them just slaps the other one. Real drama, dramatic, a lot of drama. He <laughs> says he struck the animal, pop. How dare you, bear? Don't you come at me? And he tells Saul of his past. Victories, but he's also telling himself and reminding himself when the lion and the bear came at me, all I did was haul off and pop at one and strike it and kill it because the Lord was with me. He reminded himself, and he didn't say this because it wouldn't have been right for him to say this to the king. But if there was a story that happened in the chapters preceding this chapter, and and he was remembering that. The prophet Samuel had been told to go to the house of Jesse, David's father, to anoint himself a king to be king over Israel. And so David's sons, I think about seven good-looking sons, he, he brings them to the house and stands them in order from the oldest to the youngest. But he leaves David in the sheep field because surely it's not David. And he gets to the first one that's tall, dark, and handsome, Says, so it's not him. He gets to the second one is Mr. GQ, it's not him. He gets to the third one, and he's Mr. Intellectual, it's not him. He gets to the fourth one, and he's a jock, he's a football player, he's quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, it's not him. And he moves on down the line to all these tremendously gifted and good-looking and seem like they have all together... And he passes all of them. And the prophet says, he knows what he heard from God. And he says, are these all of your sons? Because it's not any of them. And so Jesse has to embarrassedly embarrassedly say, well, I have one more, just one more. But we left him in the sheep field keeping the sheep because surely it's not him. And the prophet says, go and get him because we're not sitting down until he gets here. In other words, he told all those brothers, Mister Tall, Dark, and Handsome, Mister Good Looking, Mister GQ, Mister Jock, Mister Mister Intellectual. He said, "You're going to stand up and you're going to give a standing ovation to the King that's about to be anointed." And David remembered, "Oh, I've got a destiny. I've got something that God has prepared for me. There's no Goliath that's going to stop me from getting from what God getting me from what God said is mine. I've already been anointed, and some of you need to understand." this rock of revelation that if you're going to live a path and live a life of consistent victory, that you've already been anointed and the God who took care of it last time is not walking off the job, He'll take care of it the next time, and then the next time and the next time he sits high, but he looks low. and he's consistent yesterday, today and forever. He's evermore the same. This is a rock of revelation that will cause you to be firm and steady. When you do get the prognosis, when you do get the phone call, when you do get the bill in the mail, I'm reminding myself and anybody else that will listen, this is what God did for me. This is what God thinks about me. I don't know about any of those others, I don't even know about my brothers. They're sitting over there cowering. But they weren't anointed to be king. i got something about me. And all of you all have to have something about yourselves that will say, I've got something about me that if I've had victory before, I'm going to keep on having it. How many have ever noticed that when things start going wrong, that things continue to go wrong, it's like whatever... Uh, whatever can go wrong will will go wrong we say that right Murphy's Law and the reverse of that is true and it all has to do with your mindset what are you remembering are you remembering what someone so said about you or are you remembering when you killed the lion and the bear remind yourself and everyone around you talk up over them oh no you can't oh yes I can I sure did put a hand up and say I sure did tell somebody say God sure did did he do it has he taken care of you up until now how many of you are over 50 and you can say every day up until the age that you are that God has walked with you and talked with you and been with you even through the down seasons of life even through the times of trouble God has brought you through to this place. And he's not about to walk off the job. Say amen. Number three, the third rock from the sun. The third rock. Are you getting something? This is foundational to your victory. I want you to get this today because I want you to kill your Goliath dead today. Number three, refuse to stand in another shadow. Saul puts his armor on him, and, and I don't know if you remember the story about Saul, but King Saul was a head, and shoulders, a head and shoulders above all the other men, so he was a very big man. And then also, it also says that David was, looked like a youth. He was a small man. So he takes and puts this large armor on this small man. It's kind of the opposite of fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's swallowing him up. And so he he starts walking, you just see it? He's just like trying to move, and he can't can't move because he's got all this armor. It's too heavy. And see, if he had been able to wear Saul's armor and he went to battle and he had defeated Goliath, they would have said, well, it was because of Saul's armor. It was because of Saul's anointing. It was because King Saul helped him do it. But David said, I can't wear this. I can't swing a sword like this. But there are some things that I can do that God gave me to do it just like I do. Now, I love uh, Ryan's voice. You got a good, where does he go? You got a good voice. He sounds like, well, I know you have it, but it sounds like a a three-pack-a-day habit. He's got just a little gravel in there, just a little soul, just a little bit. Chris Stapleton in there. I heard traces of it. (laughs) And I, I I love that. And as a musician, there's been times when I've wanted to copy every single body that I can find. And I try to be this and it comes out as country as cornbread. Or I try to be high church and it sounds like I've been hanging out on the other side of the tracks, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And so no one, no one can be just like somebody else. And when we fully embrace the fact that you are unique and you're an individual and then you refuse to stand in someone else's shadow, you're setting yourself up not for defeat but for a victory that could only come to you in the way that's for you and the way that looks like you and the way that's specifically designed for you. It's tailor-made for you. It's custom clothing. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not off the rack, honey. This is the good stuff. And when you step into your own, embracing, listen to me today, embracing your talents, embracing your giftings, looking in the mirror and say, oh, you handsome devil, you, you're going to go take the world by the tail today." But not just the good things, but you embrace your faults and your failures and you understand that you're not... Perfect in every way, just like God is. But God will take your imperfections and become perfect in it. He'll take your weaknesses. And in your weakness, He will become strong. I wish somebody would hear me today. He will take the sum total that is you, the product of your thoughts, words, and actions. And He will put them all together. And He'll say, I will make a masterpiece out of what you're doing. And it's like we just talked about today, it's a partnership with God. Yeah. God will take all your good stuff and all your good days and all your good things and line them up together and cause them to work with the bad, yeah. with the ugly, with the down times, yeah. and cause them to work together for the good yeah. of those who love Him. Do you love Jesus today? Look at somebody say, I love Jesus. I love Jesus, and because I love Him, everything is always working out for me because I love Him, and I'm called according to His purpose. I refuse to stand in the shadow of anybody else. As preachers, we hear good preaching, and they say there's two kinds of preaching that makes preachers want to preach. It's good preaching and bad preaching. You hear good preaching, then that flow and that anointing is there, and the next one gets up, and all they're supposed to be doing is a benediction, and they start preaching another sermon. But the same same thing is true when you hear bad preaching. You just, oh, Lord, i got to fix this. i got to help this. I hope you don't have to fix this today. I hope you don't get calls this week saying, that brother was out of order. Don't ever have somebody like him. Your level of Pentecost is as far as we can go. We can't go past this. (laughs) <laughs> he will have us running around you, you just we'll start a Jericho March <laughs> but the truth is is that each and every one of us are so unique in our gifting that it's a waste of time and energy to try to be like somebody else it's also a waste of time and energy to um, try to force an exact something from yourself that's not you. Baby, if you can't cook, stay out of the kitchen. That was quiet. Amen. man. If you're known as the worst hairdresser in town, it's time to go back to school and get another career choice. Don't try to force yourself in the mold of something that's not natural to you. And I, and I love this. Because this is an easy Sunday. And I know it's difficult in a way, Brother David. You're setting up the sound, and you, but you got it down. You got it down. Even difficult as you worked it out. Ain't got to work it out, God. Oh, I'm sliding in the slang now. I'm in trouble. But it's not meant to be hard. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. He said, My yoke is easy. I said, I'm easy. Easy like Sunday morning. Sunday mornings are supposed to be easy. But how about Monday mornings? Did you wake up Monday morning, cuss the dog and kick the cat? Or did you wake up and say, good morning, Lord. It's another day to be blessed. What's going to happen today? Did you wake up with excitement in your soul? Step into those things that are easy for you and embrace yourself Refuse to stand in another shadow. It's very difficult being in someone else's shadow, but it's very easy to be Michael Noblet. Noblet? Noblet. Michael Noblet, if you're Michael Noblet. Who else can you be? Yeah. All right, put one hand up, shake it, just one hand and shake it like this. See, in Pentecost, if you shake one hand, that means you're really getting it. <laughs> Number four, the fourth rock. The fourth rock, we're going quick now, I know that food is smelling good, right? Do something that empowers you, do something that empowers you. So the the armor didn't work for David, but David was a country boy. He said, thank God, I'm a country boy. I mean, he was country when country wasn't cool. I'm dating myself. He said, I'm going down to the river, I'm going down to the brook. I've kept sheep off my life, I've been by myself a lot. And there are times when I just want to go to the lake, I just want to go to go fishing. I just want to get out in nature. I want to get to my connection point. And I love that it's a brook because it's representing living water. And and Jesus said, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask of me, and I would give you living water, and you would never thirst again. And if you will understand this principle, this rock right here, if you don't get anything else, get this one. Do something that empowers you. In other words, what is your connection point to God? What gets you feeling better? What gets you out of that snit and out of that mood? What gets you out of that bad way? What transcends? transitions you from being so broke you can't pay attention to feeling like you could afford to go to France and go up in the Eiffel Tower. What does it? It's different from every it's different for everybody in the room. For my brother here, it might be grilling some steaks. For my brother here, it might be going and shooting a deer. Oh, I shot a deer. Thank you, Jesus. Bambi is gone. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Isn't that, I've got kids in the room. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> we stayed with uh, Pastor David and Erica last night in their lovely home, and they put us in an upper chamber, so I've been in an upper room, and y'all know what happens in an upper room, and so uh, we stayed up kind of late, and, and we usually fall asleep with the TV on because my wife likes to watch TV as we go to sleep. And so, um, in her words, I, I like to put on something that's very relaxing that you don't have to pay attention to. So, I found Hallmark movies, and don't judge me, men, don't judge me. But I'm going to tell you, I put on a Hallmark movie because there ain't no cussing, there's no carrying on, there's no big problems. My, my daughter calls it white folk problems. I don't, I don't know what white folk problems are, but that's what she calls it, just white folk problems. Not, not any big things, just, just little stuff. And so last night, there was a Hallmark movie on, and I caught it right at the beginning. And it was this young man who was hurt as a high schooler. Some of y'all have seen this. And he had thick Coke bottle glasses, and he was just goofy, you know. And, and so he, he got told things as a goofy young man in high school. And, and then it shows him 20 years later, and he's an adult, and he's, he's never had a girlfriend because he's let these things follow him all his life. Do y'all hear me? And so then he meets this girl, and you all know what happens in a Hallmark movie. I don't want to be a spoiler alert, but you know it worked out in the end, and he got the girl. Right? That's always going to happen. So I hope I didn't mess that movie up for you and spoil the ending. But he has to go through this process of finding things that empowers himself, that changes his mind and his decisions and his thoughts about his own self. I'm going to tell you that the only problem you have is the problem in the space between your ears. And the only one who can fix it is you, you, you. And you have to find something that transitions you from this place where you don't want to be to somewhere where you want to go. So he said, I'm going to fight Goliath, but I'm going to the brook first. Yeah. Five years. Five rocks. My prediction for the next five years is an upper, upward trajectory. Yeah. Growth. This is a beautiful building. Brother Bob, y'all did a great job. But this is going to be too small. Yeah. It already is. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not big enough. It's not big enough. So you have to begin to tell yourself, begin to do things, and empower yourself. Get yourself out of the place where you're feeling sorry for yourself. If it's going home and making brownies, then make some brownies, baby. Make those brownies. If it's going fishing, if it's going to the brook, do something that lifts your state of mind. Y'all get me today? Y'all smelling what I'm cooking? Amen. Now, you pick five smooth stones. Five smooth stones. Amen. Five. Why did he pick five? Why? We're getting to the fifth. In case the first one doesn't work, and I'm going to tell you I'm giving you five rocks, and you say, that brother Andy, he didn't know what he's talking about. Why don't you try the second one? If the second one doesn't work, try the third one. And if the third one doesn't work, I guarantee the fourth one will. Say man. But if the fourth one doesn't, I got one more the fifth rock <laughs> on the path to victory. How many are ready to kill your Goliath dead? How many are sick and tired of Goliath taunting you? I don't know what your Goliath is. Maybe it's a health problem. Maybe maybe it's a it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's a financial instability or a domestic intranquility. Maybe you got flying saucers in your house. I've got somebody that knows what I'm talking about. Maybe you've got issues and you need a tissue. Maybe somebody next to you needs a checkup from the neck up. I'm Talking to somebody today that will understand today that five rocks will get you on the path to victory after victory after victory. Number five, trust in the Lord and make bold declarations. I sure did. I sure did. I sure did. So, David gets his five smooth stones. In Pentecost, they said the stones are named J-E-S-U-S. Or F-A-I-T-H. They didn't have a real revelation about the five rocks. Jesus is the chief cornerstone, but you need some stones underneath you. You need some rock underneath you. You need some revelation underneath you, y'all. Hear what I'm saying today? So the fifth rock of revelation is trust in the Lord and Make bold declarations. David, little pip squeak, little small man's disease, gets gets down there. And I imagine he's got probably a good physique, but he's just a little guy. And here's big old Goliath, and he's laughing and he's thinking, How dare they send me this thing? He calls him a dog, just a little dog. And he says, "I'm, I'm going to end you. I'm going to wreck your life." And this is what your Goliath comes to say to you. It comes to say that you'll never amount to anything. Sometimes it's a voice of a parent or a loved one that maybe meant well, but they didn't do well. Messed up mom or deadbeat dad, and it follows you from your childhood on into your adulthood, and you still hear those voices like the young man with Coke bottle glasses that was an adult and never had a girlfriend. It worked out in the end. I wish I could tell you the name of the movie. I don't know what it was. The good thing about Hallmark is they all work out in the end. I've never seen one that doesn't. They always do. You only have to watch it, the plot's always the same. Right? But something that's come to negate you, to speak against you, to tell you you won't have your dream come true, it's not going to happen. I'm going to speak to someone deeply here today. It stands in your face as a glaring declaration to you to negate what God has said to you and what you know to be the truth. So what do you do in the face of your individual Goliath? You stand up to it. You stand up to it. You don't do like the brothers and the rest of the army and cower. You stand up to it. Look, somebody said you got to stand up to it. So his trust was totally in the Lord because all he had was five rocks to victory. He said, I got five chances. Surely one of them God will help out. Isn't that good? If, first, if first you don't succeed, try, try again. <laughs> so he's got the five rocks. And he's got the sling. He's got a shepherd's pouch from his old job. That he knew he wasn't going back to. See, his destiny and his destination was the palace, and the only thing stopping him from getting there was Goliath. Look at your neighbor and say, The only thing stopping you from getting to your palace, your place, your destiny is Goliath. Are you gonna let Goliath stop you today? So he says, I'm gonna trust in the Lord. And then before Goliath went down, before he slung the rock, before he made any effort, he made a bold declaration. I make a bold declaration to Gathering, Church of Viridian, that this is as small as you're going to be. You're going to grow from this point. You're going to keep growing. I speak it. I proclaim it boldly over you. Walk with the attitude that everything is working out just as it should. Oh, my Lord, did you see how God did that? Oh, my God, is it not amazing? And then you stand up in the face of your Goliath. He has told you what he's going to do. Now, you tell Goliath what you're going to do. God will give me the victory. Can I read what he told them? You know, I, I, I like to talk trash when I play racquetball, and I, I don't know if any of you all do that. It's not right. It's, I'm confessing right here in church. I talk trash. I tell people, that all you got? I just get attitude when I get competitive. Only when I play racquetball, I try to get it out of my system. And, you know, we're supposed to be kind and loving and grace-filled and love everybody and be sweet. Rainbows and sprinkles. (laughs) High. Always always high, always happy. We're supposed to be that. We feel like that. And never talk trash. Never be unkind. (laughs) But David, he steps down to his little old small man's disease and he says, You come to me with a sword. I can just see him waving his finger like my grandson. You come to me with a sword. You come to me with a spear. Starts working his neck, bringing his neck up out of his shirt. You come to me with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of Jesus. I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts. I come come to you in the name of somebody that's up over you. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whom you have defied. And it says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head off with your own sword. With your own sword. I don't know if Goliath laughed. I don't know if a trickle of fear hit his soul, because how... Could he make such a bold declaration if, if suddenly, he, suddenly Goliath thought, maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree here. Maybe this is something super... I don't know what happened. What I do know is that before David could take off the head of Goliath, he had to tell him that's what I'm going to do. He is a trust in the Lord and make bold declarations. Why is that? Because you have what you say. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You wonder why your life is a mess. It's because every time you get on the phone with so and so, you're talking about your mess and you're perpetuating all the trouble that you're experiencing. And it just keeps coming around, coming around, coming around. And you haven't done number five, rock to victory. You have not trusted in the Lord and made a bold declaration that today is the day. Look at some And say, Today is the day. In fact, I'm so excited about it because, in fact, as the praise team is coming because they got a song that's going to go with this as y'all are coming. (laughs) Today is the day. Yes, today is the day. Look at somebody and say, Today is the day. (laughs) today is the day my Goliath is going down it's going to happen it's going to happen in this house it's going to happen today for you I wish you'd get something excited about yourself that says today it's all changing for me today is going to be my miracle day and the first day of the victory that I'm going to experience for the rest Of my life. Who did it through David? It was God. Do you think that God was going to do that through David? Kill Goliath. And then leave off the job. And leave David to fend for himself. I don't think so. Will you stand in this house. Just all over this house. I hope I haven't been too long. I probably have. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Five rocks to victory. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over the precious people of God today. And it could be that someone's facing what they consider to be an insurmountable Goliath. But I've delivered my soul, and I know you're trying to tell them something. So God, would you, would you today, would you today cause them to trust in you and make a bold declaration, make a bold declaration, Declaration. Make a bold declaration. Can I lead you in a bold declaration today? I want you to say this with confidence. You don't have to say it real loud, but you've got to say it with some attitude. Say, I will be victorious. I will. Goliath is going down. In fact, talk to Goliath. Say, Goliath, you go down today. I will take your head off of you. I will take that mouth off of you. I won't hear from you anymore. The victory that overcomes the world is my faith. And the battle belongs to God. I'm just a vessel that he's used in. Amen. Give the Lord a great and wonderful praise. Thank you so much today.